the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord. Grace to you. Grace abounds. I'm empowered for life and godliness. What a joy to come your way this Saturday morning. The set of me to share with you fellowship through this menu. You are welcome. If you are watching us for the very first time, this is Excel service, a service that is designed to equip you with relevant knowledge and wisdom from scripture for you to live the successful life God has ordained you for. I believe that everyone on the planet is ordained for success. Every one of us has been wired. God is not in the business of making failures. Everyone he made from the beginning was wired for success. And when we discover the things we need to do and the alignment we need to come into, then we are able to live the life of success God has ordained us for. And I know that you are tuned into this service because you want to fulfill that successful destiny God has for you. And I bet you, you will not lose out. You will fulfill your destiny. You will become great and become all that God has ordained you for. Let's pray as we get into God's word for today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. The entrance of your word brings light and brings understanding to the simple. Let your word come alive. Let it come with simplicity and understanding. Let every man tune into this service to now or thereafter be changed and transformed. Thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' precious name, amen. You can type in the comment box, I am gifted for success. That's what we started looking at. Our text is Proverbs 18, 16. Proverbs 18, 16. This is what scripture says. It says, a man's gift maketh a way for him and bring him, bringeth him before great men. And then Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 to 16, he said, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servant and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to their several ability. And immediately he went on away, on a journey. Then the Bible says, Those who had received it, they went on and they began to trade with it. Last week, I said that successful people in life don't do everything. They do what they are gifted to do. If you want to experience success in any area of your life, you want to operate in the area of your gifting or in the area where you are most gifted. All of us are gifted, just like we saw the last time. And your gift is what makes a way for you in life. I like it when the Bible said, a man's gift makes room for him. Not your degree, not your certificate, not your background, not the family into which you were born. Your gift has capacity to make a way for you. Now, if your gift is this powerful, then it's important that you value your gift the way 
God also sees it. Last week, I walked you through 12 important things we said we all need to appreciate about our gifts. Number one, we said everyone born is gifted by God. Those who know it and those who don't know it, everyone. The fact that you don't know it does not mean that it doesn't exist. God wired you with unusual giftings and potential that when deployed will change your world for good. The Bible says that unto every one of them a gift was given. One, five, one, two. Everyone according to their own ability. We are not all gifted to the same measure, but we are all gifted by God. And I want you to appreciate the fact that you are gifted. Type in the comment box, I am gifted. Then we also said your success or your greatness in life is tied to the effective use of your gifts. Your gift was given you for success. Your gift was given you for impact. Your gift was given you for greatness. When you deploy that gift, greatness is born. You will fulfill your destiny of greatness. Type in the comment box, I'm fulfilling my destiny of greatness. Then we also said that your dominant gift is unique and different from that of others. Your gift is what makes you different and unique. Your gift makes you valuable because if you were just like every other person, then you, your sense of value will not be very much appreciated. But because your gift is unique, it makes you valuable. When others meet and you are not present, it can be felt. Your absence can be felt. Why? Because when you are present in the room, there is something you bring that no other person can bring. And then, of course, we said the uniqueness of your gift makes you valuable. I've already mentioned that. Then we said trading faithfully with your gift guarantees a sure reward. Your gift is giving you to serve and bless others. Your dominant gift is a pointer to your assignment or vocational calling in life. There is something God has wired you for. Your, there is a purpose for your life. There is an assignment on your life. And the gift God placed in you, when you discover them, they will lead you to the place of your assignment. We said you have to be profit-minded in the use of your gift. Then we said you should never allow fear to destroy your gift because fear of any kind can rob you the benefit of your gift. It can rob you and others the benefit of your gift. We said the development and deployment of your gift for the benefit of others requires hard work. And we'll be coming to that when we get into refining our gift. Then we also said that the failure to develop and trade with your gift makes you a wicked person. And I know you don't want to be a wicked person. You don't want to die with your gift. You don't want to die with your potential. You don't want to die having failed your generation. No, you want to die as David died. The Bible said, and David died having served his generation by the will of God. That is why I'm coming to you through this medium and with this teaching. Because I want you to die having served your generation with your gift and your potentials by the will of God. That way, you will know you will die fulfilled. That's what uh, Dr. Mas Moreau used to say, to die empty. You die having poured yourself out to humanity. I like what Apostle Paul said. He said, for the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Some modern translation said, the time has come for, me, for my life to be poured forth. And you want to die at a time where your life is fully poured forth. You don't want to go to the grave carrying baggage or things that we're supposed to enjoy from you in this life. And I pray that through this teaching, the Holy Spirit will help you to come to that realization that you are gifted, your gift matters, your gift is valuable, and that you will receive the grace and the wisdom 
to deploy the gate in order to bless others. I want you to come with me today as we continue in part two. Uh, in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1 to 4. Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, The Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, What is in your hand? What is in your hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. He reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. My emphasis is what is it in your hand? What is that in your hand? What is that in your hand? Some of us is in our hands. Some of us is in our heads. Some of us is in our emotions. Some of us is in our legs. But there is something you have somewhere, and that is what we are addressing as your gift. God has placed something unique in you somewhere. You need to deploy that in order to live your full life and to impart your generation and your wealth for the Lord. Now look at 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 to 2. 2 Kings 4, 1 to 2. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, saying, Your servant, my husband is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? Two important questions. Moses was asked, what do you have in your hand? Then this woman is asked, what do you have in your house? Now, if you are born again, your body is a temple. So in your body, in your wiring, what do you have in your system? That's the question we want to seek to find out today. In today's focus, my, my, my focus is going to be on recognize your gift. The first step to succeeding through your gift is recognition. The ability to discern, the ability to discover, the ability to identify your unique gifting and then go ahead and begin to deploy that gift. Because you see, that's the first step to succeed. If you are going to succeed through your gift, you need first of all to be able to identify the unique gift God has given you. What is the unique gift God has given you? Is it a mental gift? Is it a, a kinesthetic gift? Or is it a gift that is visual? Is it an auditory gift? Is it the ability to hear and listen to people? What gift have you been endowed with? All of us, this is a natural thing that God has given to all of us. Everybody made in the image of God was wired and created with gifts. Every one of us, we've been wired and created with unique, special giftings. And we need to, first of all, recognize them. Last week, I told you about three important things. And in fact, there are four stages. One, you need to recognize the gift. Two, you refine the gift. Three, you release the gift. And then number four, you will be rewarded for the gift. That's it. If you want to be rewarded in life, you have to Bring your value to bear. And what makes you valuable in life? What will make people pay you? What will make people reward you is the value you add to their lives. The value you bring on your job. The value you bring to your boss. The value you bring to your career. That is what. That is what you trade for, for, for money. All right? So how do I recognize my gift? I'm sure it's an important question you want to answer. How do we recognize our gift? 
The first step, we'll be going through a series of questions, and I trust God that within the time we have, we'll be able to finish or even go very far. Now, how do I recognize my gift? It's important that, first of all, we appreciate that the Creator knows us better than anybody else. So, in recognizing our gift, we want to first of all ask, what revelation have I received from God about myself? Because there are people that sometimes uniquely have certain revelations. Sometimes in their childhood, the man uh, Samuel heard the voice of God when he was a very child. So he got a revelation of who God had called him to be a prophet at a very tender age. Now you look at the man Jeremiah. He, the Bible says of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 1 verse 4 to 10. He said, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou came out of your mother's womb, I ordained thee and set thee apart as a prophet. So that's unique. That is a man who caught a revelation of his area of gifting or his area of assignment. Because God had wired him as a prophet, his weaknesses did not matter. He said, Lord, I don't know how to speak. He said, don't say that. It's not about that at all. I wired you as a prophet, and I know how to make you talk. And so that's it. Jeremiah's own was revealed to him by God, and there are various ways people discover themselves and get to know their gift. So that is one area. In any case, there is nobody who knows you better than God. He wired you. He designed you. He knows the gift and the potential he has placed, the potentials he has placed in you. And so he's the best person to be able to help you discover yourself and be able to manifest that which he has put in you. Let's say you've gone to God in prayer, and maybe for most of us, God may not address us the way he addressed Jeremiah. But what are the other steps we can take in order to be able to appreciate and recognize our gift, be able to discover our gift? You want to ask yourself, how am I wired? That's also very important. How are you wired? We are all wired differently. Mentally, we are wired differently. Emotionally, we are wired differently. And then physically, we are wired differently. In the book of Psalms 139 to 139, verse 1 to 3, it says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know my down sitting and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. I like the New Living Translation. Verse 13 to 16. He said, you made all my the delicate, all the delicate inner, inner parts of my body and knit them together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Maybe you should type in the comment box, Father, I thank you for making me wonderfully and so complex. Because there are people who don't sim simply understand themselves, accept themselves the way God has made them. But according to the psalmist, we are made wonderfully and beautifully complex. You don't understand yourself, but God understands you. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it well. You have watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. I like the fact that he said, you formed me in utter, utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. God formed you. He woven you together. When you were being weaved together, God knew every part, every part of you. We are differently wired. You need to appreciate that. There are people who are born naturally 
born and they are naturally beautiful. There are people like that. They have an outstanding personality. When you see them once, you want to see them again. Moses has such a personality. He was a handsome guy. In fact, according to Josephus, when Moses walked past you, 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 he will seize and capture your attention for the next minute. You, you will turn and watch him until you, you can no longer see his, the back of his head. That was a man. You look at the man Absalom, another beautiful guy. A man who could be described as beautiful. His hair. I mean, Brazilian hair and Peruvian hair will not compete with that. The man was beautiful. That was the man uh, Absalom. You remember Esther? Esther was so beautiful. Through her beauty, she, she was able to attain so much for her people through her beauty. I was just watching one young lady, just about 20 or so, 20, I think about 20-something years old. She's making millions. Jenna Kendall or so. She's a model. I mean, she's the highest paid model now in the world. And it's all because she has a personality, a nice personality, very beautiful young lady. King Saul, the Bible talks about his personality. So some people are gifted in their physical looks. So that's what they have. You may not have been gifted in that area, but others are gifted in that area. There are some people, they are physically well built. When you see them, before they go to gym, the gym in themselves, in fact, when they go, they go to gym, the gym actually acknowledges their presence. If the man, like Samson, walked to a gym, I'm not sure there was any gym the man Samson could walk into. So there are people who are naturally wired physically. They become boxers, some of them become athletes, some of them become all kinds of people. Now, there are people who are also mentally stimulating. When you engage them, you know I have met an intellectual. I can think of a man like that in Daniel. The Bible says, and among all the things God gave them, wisdom and understanding and knowledge in all manner of learning, that when they were examined, they were found to be ten times better. When you are intellectually smart, it shows. You can't say God has wired you to become the great scientist. And you can't uh, solve simple equations. That may not be your area. It may be peer pressure or family pressure, but that may not be your area. And you don't want to kill yourself in an area God has not gifted you for. Some people have emotional intelligence. They can discern. They are compassionate. They can discern when danger is coming. You remember Abigail? When Abigail, David was wrapped. He, he got angry and was ready to devour Nabal. Abigail ran to him and said, Cain, I mean, by the time the woman spoke and finished, the anger of David had gone down. There are people who have emotional intelligence like that. They can see you boiling with anger, but they will, they will find a way to calm your nerves and be able to put situations under control. There are people who are also very courageous. David said, I was on the fish, uh, at the backside of a desert. The lion came, the bear came. I restored them and I brought them down. These are areas where people are wired differently. So first of all, you want to ask yourself, how am I wired? Sometimes you are wired from the way every other person is wired. And you may not like it, but that's how you are wired. You just get along with people. You, are just, you, you, you just get along. There is nothing anybody will do that can make, you, make them your enemy. That's who you are. That's your personality. And accept it. It's a gift. Some people are also funny to be with. The moment they come to a place, there's life. No matter, no matter how sad you are or how uh, troubled you are, when you meet them, 
Joy will come out of you very soon. Your tears will be turned to laughter. These are a lot of such people nowadays are becoming millionaires. They are into comedy shows, all kinds. When you go to Nigeria, they, have, they are there in abundance. In the U.S., they are there in countless numbers, and they are making big money all through by their personality. What are your temperaments? Are you a choleric? Are you phlegmatic? Are you melancholic? Are you a sanguine? You may not like the personality. That is your natural default frame. But God has wired you. Your gifts are in sync with your personality. Everything God has designed you for, all of that are in your personality. Are you a visual person? Are you an auditory person? Are you a kinesthetic person? All of these things are pointers to help you know who you are and to discover yourself. Okay? Number two, number three, what do you love to do? What do you love to do? What do you love to do? Some people love to sing. Others love to argue. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that when you were in school, you had people like that. They just like to argue. I remember one of my mates in the uni. In fact, even now, <laughs> even now, there's a, a platform they are on. And sometimes when uh, <laughs> I feel tense and I decide to go through some of the things he writes, I could see that the argumentative part of him has never died. From university days, he has grown up with it. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the day that probably he will branch into law and then add it to what he studied. And then maybe, because I think that the way sometimes he argues, he may be a better lawyer. Probably he's in the wrong profession. It's very important. You like to argue. And you are not just arguing about wrong things. There are some people also, they just like argue about any foolish thing. That's not the kind of thing. I'm talking about people who make logical arguments. They will ask you questions and help you to see. There are people who love to sell. They love to sell. They love to sell. They know how to sell. They love to sell and they know how to sell. Some people love to draw and design. Annabelle likes to draw. My daughter, she loves to draw and design. Sometimes she comes home and the moment she will not even change her uniform, she will just go into a corner and she will start drawing. So some people like to draw and design. Others love to talk. They love to talk. They love to talk. Others love technology. You remember uh, Steve Jobs? He loves technology. He was fired from his job. Technology drove him to form his own company. And today, Apple is the one is, is the greatest uh, technology, one of the greatest technology companies, if not the greatest on the planet. Apple. His gift is blessing so many lives. What is your gift? You are equally gifted. So you need to know, what do you love to do? What do you love to do? Number four, what are you most passionate about? What are you most passionate about? What are you most passionate about? Hear me. What you are most passionate for or against is a pointer to your area of giftedness. If you want to know your area of giftedness, you want to check what are you passionate for or what are you passionate against. Sometimes the things that provoke you uh, it's a signal to what God will have you. There, there are things that sometimes they irritate you. They irritate you to the point that you want to do something about them. There are some people, they are passionate against injustice. And some of them, you find themselves ending up in careers like human rights and all kinds of things. And nowadays, it's unfortunate what some people defend as human rights. But it's, that's it. There are people who fight. 
They are fighters. They, I mean, you, you remember Moses as uh, 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 Exodus chapter 2, verse 11 to 14. Exodus 2, 11 to 12. Now it came to pass that in those days, when Moses was gone, he went out to his brethren and looked at his beddings. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way. And when he saw that no one, he killed the Egyptians and hid him in the sun. What motivated Moses to do that? It was passion against injustice. Moses would not stand there for somebody to be bullied. He had seen his people slaving away. And he said, no, I will not watch this happen. Why? Because he had been wired to be a deliverer. Later on, he, this was a premature act, but later on, we are, we are told that God sent him to go deliver his people. That was his assignment. That was what God had wired him for. And it was coming up in, in some area of his life. There are people who are also passionate against ignorance. They just simply can't stand ignorance. When people are functioning in ignorance, they can't stand it. And some of them end up as teachers. Whether Bible teachers, whether uh, teachers in the classroom, whether professors, at whatever level, they become great teachers, great outstanding teachers. Why? Because they want to inform people. There are people who are passionate about sports, very passionate about sports, very, very passionate. And they are also good at it. There are people who are passionate about entertaining people. They can't stand and watch people dull. No, they always want to see that people are alive, people are happy, people are excited. That is also an area of gift. So you want to ask yourself, what do you enjoy doing without being asked? That's it. What do you enjoy doing without being asked? You can, you can do it. You, it's something that you, you enjoy singing without being asked. You enjoy selling without being asked. What grips you to the point of wanting to do something about it? That could be a pointer. What do you have to, what do you have people, what do people have to drag you away from doing? What are some of the things, you, you are so occupied with it that literally you have to be chased with a cane or something to get you out of it. You can be behind your PC and for a very long time, once you are doing that, you are so soaked and, uh, 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 you are so soaked and occupied with it that you even forget that you have not eaten. What are the things that you do that makes you lose track of time. There are things you do and you, you, you can't even, you lose track of time. I mean, you are just into it. Maybe you love to read. You love to write. What are these things that you really love to do? What do you get your best ideas? What are the things you get the best ideas and inspiration for? All of us have things that inspire us. What are the things that inspire you most? We are talking about how to recognize and identify your gift. And these are pointer questions that are critical if you are going to identify your gift and walk in them. What do you easily get great results even with little efforts? That's the next question we want to look at. Number five. What do you easily get great results even with little efforts? I like the scripture in Galatians chapter 2, verse 7 to 8. Look at this. But on the contrary, when they saw the gospel for the circumcision, the uncircumcised had been committed to me as the gospel for the circumcised was committed to Peter. For he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. I like this. He who worked 
effectively in Apostle Peter for the apostleship to the Jews. He also worked effectively in me, effectively in me toward the Gentiles. Apostle Paul is talking here. He said, the same spirit that made Paul, Peter, to be effective. You know, Peter was an apostle to the Jews, and then Paul was an apostle to the Gentiles. And he says, when I go to the Jews, and if you look at their ministries, it was like that. Paul had great resource anytime he went to the Gentiles. The Gentiles always embraced him. The Gentiles always loved him. Anytime he went to the Gentiles, he was highly celebrated. But you realize that there were many times he was also beaten. In fact, when you read his accounts in the book of Corinthians, it's interesting. He said, of the Jews, I was beaten five times. Night and day, I've been, I don't know what was wrong with Paul. Why will you not go to where you were celebrated? And there are many of us who are like that. Where we are celebrated, we don't. The, the things we are gifted in, the things we do without effort, the things we do with, it, with little effort, and yet we get great returns. We don't simply like to do them. We rather want to do other things. Sometimes it's because we feel that ours is not so uh, uh, glamorous or it's not, uh, yeah, it's not superb or much appealing. But you know what? By the time we go through the refinery process and you refine your gift, you will see that your gift can open doors for you no matter what gifting it is. All you need to do is to refine the gift. When your gift is refined and it becomes fine, your whole world will come and celebrate your gift. And that's what we are seeking. We're trusting God that God, through this medium and through this teaching, will bring you into. So what do you easily get great results even with little efforts, there are some people, they can rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and rehearse. And when they sink, nothing will still happen. But there are people, even while they are not in the mood, they just, sometimes under the shower, they just receive an inspiration and they sink. Sometimes they won't come for rehearsal. And you see, that's the power of a gift. And that is why sometimes if you don't take care, some people sometimes lose the sharpness of their gift because they take the gift for granted because, you know, it's, even when you are sleeping and they wake you up, you can sing because you are, it, it's within you. You have been wired with it. It's in your DNA. Nobody, you know, I mean, there are times where you see two children, they've not taken them to music school. They have not done anything. And when one begins to sing, you can see that this one is naturally endowed. The other person may be struggling. That's what it is. What do you easily get results in without, with little effort? Effort is critical in maximizing your gifts. But when you are operating in your area of giftedness, even with little effort, you get great results. That's what gifts are for. What would you like to do if you were never paid for it? That's also a pointer. What would you like to do if you were never paid for it? Because you see, when you are operating in your area of gifts, giftedness, the fulfillment that comes, no amount of money can even match it. We are not saying that it's bad to be paid for your gift, no. But you see, if you were never paid for, if you were not, money was not a consideration, what would you do? That is what proves or what gives us clues or indication that this is your area of giftedness. It's one of those things. 
What kinds of people are you attracted to? Who are the people who inspire you? What, what kinds of people are you attracted to? Are you attracted to lawyers? Are you attracted to people who are mentally stimulated? Are you attracted to people who like to work with their hands? Are you attracted to people who are sports, sportsmen or entertainers? Which people are you naturally attracted to? What do you love to work with? Do you love to work with your hands? The Bible says, whatsoever the hand findeth to do, there are people who are good at working with their hands. They can create stuff with their hands. They can design stuff with their hands. I mean, uh, I remember I traveled somewhere and I saw some metal work that people, somebody had done. And it was amazing. I was, I was asking my wife, I said, you mean somebody did this? It's amazing. Some sculpture, sculpture, the way he had designed a human being out of a metal work, I was like, wow. But that's somebody's work. It's his area of gifting. That is his ability. There are people who love to work with their hands. There are people who love to work with their heads. All of us may not be mentally sharp, but all of us are gifted. Some of us are gifted in our legs. Cristiano Ronaldo, his gift is in his legs. They, they check his tire and they say his tire muzzle is designed in a unique way. No wonder his course goes in a unique way. Lionel Messi, very short but dangerous guy. Gifted in his legs. That's his area of gifting. He may not have your degree, he may not have your PhD, but you equally also don't have his money. Yeah, you don't have the fame he's gotten. Though you are also fulfilled in your own area of giftedness. So it's important. What do you love to work with? Is it your head? Is it your hands? Is it your feet? Which part of your body? What areas of your life do you receive the most compliments? This is also very, you know, compliment is very important. In fact, I, I realized that feedback was important when I saw Jesus one day asking his disciples for feedback. You remember in the book of Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, he said, what do men say that I am? Jesus, you should know who you are. But he knew who he was. He knew who he was, but you know, he wanted an affirmation. He was just telling us that it's also important that we help, we, 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 we can also, there's a way we can also get affirmation through the people who are around us. That's why it's important to, be, to surround yourself with the right people. It says some people say you are Elijah, others say you are John the Baptist, others say you are this. Then Peter said, this is you. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. That's why I told you that that's where it starts from. God can give you a revelation about yourself that nobody else can. But human beings can affirm that revelation about yourself. So it's important. What areas do you receive the most compliment for? When you sing, they say, ah, you sang like an angel. That's a good compliment. And that tells you that you may be gifted in that area. When you draw, they say, ah, this your drawing is like Michelangelo. That is a compliment. It's a great compliment you don't have to take for granted. When your creativity or your love for technology and the things you are able to develop out of technology, they, they, it, it, it's amazing. And all of these are things you don't have to take uh, for granted. When they were looking for someone to come play for Saul, at the time of his crisis, you remember, first Samuel chapter 16, verse 18. One of the officials said, I know one of Jesse's sons from Bethlehem who can play well. 
So people knew that David could play well. They knew him. So he, they knew David could play well. That was a feedback. King Solomon, you remember when he gave a judgment on the two women, two harlots, who had children and uh, one died. The Bible said immediately they finished. They said they saw that they, they said that indeed the wisdom of God is at work in him. So Solomon's wisdom, he had the feedback. Again, you saw the Queen of Sheba. She traveled all the way in and said, "Hey, listen." I heard of your wisdom before I came out. Since I came, <laughs> with the things I have seen and with the things I've heard, I realized that half of your wisdom was not told me. That was a great feedback. It gave Solomon, it gave him confidence that, hey, listen, I am gifted in wisdom. And that is very important, Apostle Paul. The apostle who stood by Christ, Peter, said, no, you remember Paul? The wisdom that is given to him, 2 Peter 3, verse 15, he talked about the unique wisdom that had been given to Peter, the unique revelation. That was an appreciation of Peter's gift. And that was a feedback that I believe gave Peter, uh, Paul the confidence, apart from the confidence he already had in Christ, that he was called as a genuine and legitimate apostle. What areas of your life have you achieved significant success in the past? That's also one thing that can lead you to identify your gifts. What are the areas you have achieved significant success in your life in the, in the time past? David had had success fighting, so he knew how to fight. As a child, nobody could beat him. When he became a shepherd, lions and bears could not beat him. So when he met Goliath, nobody could deceive him that he could not fight Goliath. Saul told him, listen, you're a little boy. He said, listen, it's not about that. I have a track record. There is something I've been doing over the period, and I'm confident that that is my area of gifting. That's, he knew it. What are your hobbies? It can also give us an indication of what your gifts are. Who is your inspirer or your mentor? Who inspires you? Who do you look up to? Because your mentors and your inspirers can also uh, help us to identify what areas you are gifted in. And then, of course, what personality tests, this is very important, what personality tests have you taken before and how consistent was the result with your known character and gift? There are things that sometimes we get to know ourselves. But now, courtesy of technology, you can go online and there are some tests that you can uh, go through, Myers and Bricks and Disk tests. Uh, I'm sure you can project it. You can go to those, check them on, online, and then you can undertake the tests. They will help you to be able to identify your areas of giftedness. And finally, what would you like to be remembered for? What would you like to be remembered for? What would you like to be remembered for? There is one thing you would like to be remembered for. What would, what would that be? That is an actual pointer to what you have been gifted for. I pray that as you go through these questions and as you examine your life in an honest way, getting the feedback you need, you would come to a place where you recognize your gift. And then, God helping us. Next week, we are going to continue. When we recognize our gift, the next step is to refine the gift. So, our world will be ready to receive it. I trust that you've been blessed, and I look forward to having you join me again, same time next week. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his countenance to shine upon you. It's an opportunity for you to give and to support the work of God 
The Bible said, if you are brought unto you in the ministry of the word, you ought to sow material seed. It's an opportunity. It's time for us to give. Whatever seed you want to sow, the giving platform is there. Go ahead and use it, and the Lord Almighty bless you. Let me pray over your seed as you plant it. Father, we thank you for everyone who has tuned into this service today and is supporting the ministry of your word. I ask that, Lord, your blessing will rest upon them. Open doors of grace, doors of favor, doors of abundance unto them. Prosper the work of their hands. In the name of our Lord Jesus, and cause their giftings to be fully on earth, their potentials on earth, their talents on earth, and cause them to deploy them to bless humanity. Thank you, Father, that their gifts will not only be profitable for them, but it will also be profitable for generations yet unborn. We honor you and we bless you today in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. No, no.